sometimes you get to meet people that uh, are inspiring and some people just make you think. And some people kind of do all of the above because they are just flattered impressive. Chris Cook joins us now. He's in Edson, Alberta. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, how's the smoke up in Edson right now? Are you guys all right? Uh, well, they they got some rain uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, a couple inches. So that doused um, some of the fires. There's still one to the, I think, the southeast that's still burning. But, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely... They were they were quite happy. I was just here doing some presentations at a couple of schools, so but they've said they've seen the sun for the first time in about two or three weeks. So, yeah, it's been quite remarkable, Edson. If you don't know the the Google map, it is uh, right in the pocket of all things where those fires have been. Uh, that's for sure. Chris, uh, Chris uh, is 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 joining us here, and Chris has done some pretty amazing thing uh, things. Uh, you're from around Calgary, and. I, I got lots of questions. I got lots and lots of questions here, Chris. The first thing I'm going to say, though, is um, I I don't have anyone in my life that that is an amputee that lives without, uh, you know, full arms. And I don't want to say no arms because you have arms. Um, and and so if I get my language wrong or if I sort of misspeak in any way, can you do me a favor and correct me so I can learn that? Will you do that? <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm I'm not, you know up to speed on the proper rhetoric either so we're well you're good as far as i'm concerned (laughs) thanks brother i uh, but here's the reason why and if i can be fully uh, open and honest with you is we were talking about running and we kept saying you know chris ran the marathon and i was like well no didn't run it but he still completed it right like so i mean it is appropriate for us to sort of clean that stuff up i think and i'm just going to do my best here to try to get it done so chris we found your story we've heard of you before we've seen you before um because of belfast and I need to acknowledge, so my friend Julie, who lives in Belfast, uh, who I've done a ton of study with, sends me this link. There's this Canadian cat who, you know, rolled his way through the Belfast Marathon, and uh, look at this. And that's where you were reintroduced to us again, so I acknowledge Julie for that. And that's the kind of impression you're making on people, is that it took a an, an Irish woman from Belfast, Northern Ireland, to send me a message and say, hey, by the way, you got to check this out. So you've been seeing the world, my friend. Yeah, I've uh I've been been lucky enough to to see see quite a bit of the world. Um not bad for for a guy from small town Natan Natan Alberta. We were just talking about Natan the other day because the the bomber museum and the candy stores. Um so yeah, I mean so you ha- are you actually a farmer? Like do you work as as a farmer? There's lots of tractor pictures. Yeah, I uh I grew up farming uh with my grandpa down in uh Clarsholm. Mm-hmm. And uh, farmed with some close family friends. They had some land out in southeast Saskatchewan, as well as in and around Nan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, uh, some some friends of mine out in Manitoba. His dad uh, was in poor health throughout the winter, so I had offered to go out and help them plant crops this spring. So I actually just got out here to Edson to speak at a couple schools today. Um, but before that, it was the previous two weeks or so in uh, just outside of Winnipeg. Oh, cool. So let's describe and paint the picture for everyone who can't join us. And I'm going to put your, if I can, website link up um, at shiftheads.ca, which is where our community Facebook page is, so people can introduce themselves to you. Um, you are, you have kind of, uh, you're a smaller person. You have, your arms are kind of just to your elbows. Uh, you have one leg that's a little bit longer than the other. And as you wheel around, you seem to have a shoe kind of on backwards on that leg. Uh, in most of your photos using a skateboard and then the other leg is not there. Is that a, a safe, fair description of what your physical state is at the moment? 
Yeah, yeah. So that partial right leg that I have, um, it does have a partially developed foot, and the, actually the foot is is backwards. So the shoes point in the right direction. It's the foot that's on oh. backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um, and so now, has this been your whole life like this, or was this physical trauma in life, or what happened? Yeah, I was I was born like this. Uh, no real known reason as to why. You know, it wasn't thalidomide. Mom never took anything or did anything during the pregnancy that she wasn't supposed to. It was just kind of a a one off. And and even though I was born missing arms and legs, my life has been, you know, I mean, it's been fantastic. I was going to say normal, but uh, I mean, it, it, what's normal, anyways? But yeah. uh, no, it's been it's been a lot of fun and uh, a lot of laughs. And you know, my story's far from triumph over tragedy. Um, so I always people find that surprising. Like how yeah. how could possibly how could you be so upbeat when you're born without arms and legs? Well, it's, it has to do with that six inches of space between the ears. And, I mean, great family, amazing community, um, all those things, too. So what is it then? I mean, you do a lot of speaking. You share your story. You share sort of if I can and and that notion of all of the story. And, and you go around, share it all over the place. But not only that, you also lead by example by taking part in these events. I mean, a marathon is is a long way. I, I can't do a marathon. I'm not even sure I could walk it. And um, and you're out doing it. So what is the the message that if if I had hired you, I'm not asking you to give me a freebie, but um, if I had hired you here on the shift to come motivate us, and I mean I'm I'm leaning more towards resilience and stick to itness than 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 anything else. The triumph over tragedy. What is it? No, for sure. Um, you you summed it up, you know, perfectly. Uh, so if I can, it's, it's all about mindset. You know, the guy with the arms and legs can do marathons, work on the farm, travel the world, or even just live a happy, independent life. Uh, if I can do those things, anybody is capable of some pretty awesome and amazing things. Can I do everything? No. Can you do everything? No. But I think we set uh, we set our ceiling a lot lower than we should. I think we need to be constantly bumping that ceiling up a little bit higher uh, as often as we possibly can, daily if, if possible. Are we too complacent as people, Chris? Absolutely. Um I, I guess that's one of the things I love about doing those marathons is it's a it's an extreme challenge. It's a great excuse to you know try and keep myself in shape. It's a great excuse to travel, um, but also I you know I think when you voluntarily uh, push yourself out of your comfort zone, um, you're getting used to you know you're living in that area of discomfort. Uh, you're developing your resilience, your perseverance. So when life forces you out of your comfort zone, it's not as much of a, you know, instance where you're floundering, trying to keep your head above water. You've you've been testing yourself for your mo- for that moment, and, and I guess if you think of your your brain or your mind as a as a muscle, uh, just like an athlete trains day in and day out on the ice, on the baseball diamond, on the football field, whatever, um, you're you're training that muscle, that that brain, that mind. Was it always like that for you, that ability to sort of catch on to, you know, bad moments, turn them into moments that work for you? Uh, has it always been like that? I mean, as a teenager, as a young man, I'm not implying you're old because you're not old, but you know, you're know, you 40-something now, right? Um, that the um, But, you know, I know that in my life, I always sort of say men don't have a brain in their heads until they turn 50. And, um, you know, so we as, as men, when we grow up, we're kind of dumb until we get to about 35, 40, and then, and then we start to start to get it. Um, so what was that like for you? Because, you know, I imagine 
there were certain scenarios that were difficult, um, you know, going through the, the, just the physical state of life and learning to do things differently. No template, right? Yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, was it always like that? Yes, yes and no. Uh, I've generally been a fairly, uh, I guess, inherently positive person. Um, you know, when I was, you know, was raised, I wasn't raised as, you know, that poor kid who's missing arms and legs or that poor disabled child. I was, I was just Chris. And, you know, so I never, you know, it never really, although it, it is a huge part of, of who I am, you know, not having arms and legs, it, it didn't define me. And, um, I mean, as a teenager and, and all those, you have those growing pains and, and all those emotions and whatnot that everybody goes through you doubt yourself you don't know who you are you you know those things but um as i got older and and more comfortable in my skin not that i was ever that uncomfortable in my skin i just kind of developed greater confidence and and greater desire to to want to get out there and and do more and i also think too when you're when when you're a teenager and you're you're in your 20s you know, you have your, your whole life ahead of you. And then, you know, you hit, you hit 30 and you hit 40 and you're like, okay, well, no, I don't have my whole life ahead of me. So it's it's time to start ticking things off the bucket list. And I guess the, the big thing, I used to wear artificial legs um, up until, say, 15-ish years ago. And then I, I bought a longboard just for fun. I was down in Florida and uh, I... Just thought it'd be kind of cool to cruise up and down the boardwalk along the beach, and literally that day is when things started to really change for me. Um, I was able to get farther, faster, more efficiently on the board than ever could on the prosthetics, and it was both literally and figuratively, you know, how far can I actually go? And uh, that really kind of blew the doors open on on all of this. That's fascinating, and I mean, it must have felt so fast because I mean, I would guess that you really independently hadn't moved that quickly your whole life so it must have felt like just freedom oh that's cool no absolutely it was it was a 100 percent game changer like uh to to do you know what i did in, in 20 minutes that first stint on the on the board that probably would have taken me two hours plus to to cover that distance so yeah it was uh you know it's kind of a it was, a, it was definitely a happy accident for sure yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so tell me about the marathon. So you use the longboard. Um, you 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 know you do walk. Uh, you know, like you described, you do get around without it. But um, you use the longboard. You roll your way uh, from places. And I wanted to sort of paint a picture, Chris, and, and sort of imagine. I mean, you are a small person because you you don't have legs, right? So when you show up at an uh, in an airport. I'm sure there's lots of people who look. I mean, they probably maybe have never seen this this person before. So that's a surprise to them. I mean, it's innocent. You hope they're not jerks about it, but they probably look. And you, I'm assuming you would notice that maybe you moved on from that. Maybe that's my vanity speaking. But when you're rolling through a, a Belfast and people might not know that you're coming, um, and then all of a sudden here comes Chris, you know, push, push, push on a skateboard, uh, with his one longer leg and just giving her in a marathon. There's gotta be some cheers and moments where you, it just hits you and you're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. No, you're, you're very right in, in all of that. Uh, and, and I guess that's another thing that kind of ends up happening in, in those marathons that I've done is, you know, there is a, a larger, 
level of cheering um, and a lot of support from other runners too. And, and it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, the running community and the, the people who are out there cheering out the other runners on are, you know, absolutely amazing. There are some people who uh, are, you know, you're, um, <laughs> I can't think of the word, but you, you run a marathon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, 99.9% of the people have been absolutely incredible. And, and yeah, there is a, there is a louder level of, of cheering. And I guess I, I do the marathons for my own personal challenge and my own personal satisfaction and, and, you know, accomplishment, but, you know, kind of a side, uh, bar of, uh, of doing these marathons is, is kind of motivating and inspiring other people to maybe consider do it them, doing it themselves. And I, I firmly believe pretty much anybody can do a marathon. Are you going to do a marathon and, you know, you know, sub, you know, say two and a half hours, two hours, 15 minutes or, you know, be breaking world records, maybe not, but you know, you can you can bang out a marathon in four hours or five hours or six mm-hmm. hours. And you know, I've met a lot of different types of runners at all these marathons that I've done, and I've seen some that, you know, there's one lady who was speaking at an expo that I spoke at, or about a marathon that I did in uh, Washington D.C., and she was, you know, by her own, these are her words, grossly overweight, and she was tired of being. And again, her words, fat and out of shape. And she told one of her girlfriends, she goes, I think I want to do a marathon. And her girlfriend said, you don't even like walking to the fridge. And now you're going to do a marathon? And she said, we're the girls in the very back that are, you know, dressed in goofy outfits. And, you know, they're literally picking up the barriers of the of the marathon course right behind us. And we go and we're doing it in, you know, six and a half hours. But she said, I've lost over 100 pounds doing it. And oh. I mean, she's done a bunch of them. But yeah, I, like like I said, literally, basically anybody can do a marathon. That's fascinating. I love it. Um, so much to go this now. But this is not the first time you did the Belfast Marathon, is that correct? Uh, first time doing the Belfast Marathon, I did uh, Dublin back uh, well, literally the day before Halloween. Um, but Belfast was my fourteenth uh, full marathon, and wow. um, yeah, and, and counting. <laughs> did you do that Bel- or that Dublin Marathon in a costume? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I gotta decide because <laughs> I don't want I don't want to say it, and I want you to say it because I feel like someone's gonna hear it wrong if I say it. So I need you to say it, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I uh, part of my uh, you know presentation, a large part of my presentations uh, is humor. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer if you can't laugh at life, what can you laugh at? And uh, I you know I'd done a bunch of marathons, and I figured you know what the heck, I'm gonna. I put a leprechaun outfit on for uh, for Dublin. It was so uh, you know obviously Ireland, and it was the day before Halloween, and uh, it actually it went over uh, went over quite well. But that yeah. that costume was I was sweating like a madman. That okay. was a hot hat hot hat to be wearing for you know forty two point two kilometers. But no, it was fun. Some of those cheers must have been unreal because Dublin gets loose on the best of days. Yeah, actually, Dublin is one of the better supported marathons that I've that I've done as far as really? you know, people on this on the street cheering cheering people on. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I absolutely love this. Chris Cook is our guest right here on the shift. Um, now, Chris, I I don't want to create any comparison when I ask this question, but we are all getting older. Uh, you have a gift of learning how to adapt in life, maybe more so that us, uh, you know, able-bodied folks that have arms and legs, maybe it's new to us. I am learning myself that 
Um, that limitations start to come as we get older because our bodies don't work the same way that they used to. I've recently gone through my own emotional journey regarding a previous shoulder surgery that I wasn't mad about the shoulder. I was mad about the inconvenience of it. And so that's just something I just recently discovered years later as I work through all of that. For some of us, we are just learning that our bodies are starting to break down and we're just learning how to adapt. You've been living a life of adaptation. So what kind of advice do you say to people or what do you see in some of the crowds of what people are observing that, that they really can take away from the life that you've lived and learned? Uh, well, the first, the first one that comes to mind is, you know, the obstacles and barriers in life. Uh, a lot of them are ones that we've set in our mind or... Uh, we've made larger uh, or seemingly insurmountable in our mind. Um, you know, you, you hear athletes talk about, you know, it's it's 90% mental, 10% physical, and it's in a lot of respects it's true. And yeah, I've been I've been having to adapt and and overcome my whole life, and uh, it's really nothing that's you know new to me. But also to like you said, uh, I'm I'm 44 now. I'm not getting any younger. And you know, another thing for these marathons is, you know, I'm a I'm a firm firm believer. If uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so I want to try and keep myself in as best shape as I possibly can because as I get older, without arms and legs, uh, it's going to be harder for me to to get around. And I, you know, for me, if I gain five pounds, I'd be like you gaining fifteen or twenty pounds. So I, I need to really keep an eye on that. And I, you know, the very first marathon I did was the Calgary Marathon in 2016. And I was so stiff and sore for probably a week, week and a half at least. And, you know, the last marathon I did in, in Belfast, whatever, three weeks ago or however long ago it was, um, I was stiff and sore afterwards. But honestly, about two days later, I was touring around Dublin with my with my mom and uh, and her partner, and uh, you know, I was you know, the the aches and pains were pretty minimal after about the second day, and uh, so it's I, I basically reiterated my belief of the whole if you if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, that's absolutely fascinating, and um, I do find that like you, you even just by saying that we make it larger than it is in our head. And, and as I work through, you know, the things in my life that we all are working through, I just share openly to others to say that you know I think that even you just saying that acknowledges it being okay for me to say, oh yeah, I am probably making that bigger than I um, than I need to. So um, there you go, you just did it for me too. Way to go, send me the bill. <laughs> Perfect. Who do I make it out to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Make it out to someone else, though. Make it out to Ryan O'Donnell, actually. We'll, do we'll, me that favor. We'll, we'll build chorus. There you go. I love that. Uh, Chris Cook joining us here on The Shift. All of the links for the If I Can website and everything to do with Chris. I'll even put your uh, your Instagram up there, too, so people can introduce themselves uh, to share with the Shift Head community. Uh, Chris, uh, come back, please. Let us know what you're up to. I'd love to have you on and, and keep the conversation going. Uh, this is really great. No, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. 911. 
Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.